0: This is Jeff Lindsay. This is Michael Pitt. Hey, everybody, it's John Dudley from Knock On TV.
2: Hey, guys, this is Jared Scheffler from Whitetail Adrenaline. Hi,
3: I'm Taylor Drury from Drury Outdoors.
1: Hey, this is Nick Flint from Bowl Collector.
3: Hey, this is Melissa Bachman.
1: Working Class Boat Hunter. Working Class Boat Hunter. Working Class bow Hunter
2: Podcast. Working class Bowhunter hunter podcast. Working class bull hunter. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. You're listening to the working class bow hunters. That's right.
0: This is the podcast for Billy Joe Lunchbucket, the working man, just like me and you. My name's Travis T Bone Turner from the Bone Collector. Thank you for tuning in.
4: It's really, really not that good.
2: This is episode number 142 of the Working Class Hunter Podcast Broadcasted right here in beautiful Sherrard, Illinois We are at 1600 Buck Slayer Place This is the Buckatorium My name's Steve In the studio today We've got Kurt Hello Eric Good morning Had to turn around to look at you And it <laughs> is not morning Believe me, I wouldn't be doing this if it was morning <laughs> Clark Cummings Hello One half of the Mile Time Club from Respect the Game TV. Thanks for having me back. Oh no problem. In the drop time of the <laughs> one half of the Mile Time Club from Respect the Game, also appeared on Respect the Game Matt Cummings.
0: Kill the biggest deer <laughs> in here. Yes. Has, has Matt yep. officially yep. killed a bigger deer no, than I've you,
2: heard... Clark? Say that again. Has he
0: killed a bigger deer than you
1: to yes, this he point? Has. <laughs> I was uh, trying to ignore that, but <laughs> hey, there you go. what's that? <laughs> he actually huh? did. Huh? <laughs> what? I don't know. It...
0: I think we all have our phones set up. We're doing a Facebook Live. Um, so if anyone submits anything, hopefully it. Uh, is it coming can, through all right? Yeah, I think so. Wonderful. Um, people probably hate, like in podcast land, probably hate when we do Facebook Live, but people on Facebook Live love the Facebook Live. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, thanks for coming again. Don't know why you keep coming back, Clark, but you do. I just can't keep away.
2: So we got, uh, what's going on? Your volume on your phone? Someone's oh, voice. Just, is that mine? <laughs> It might have been. Probably. I don't know. Could have been mine. <laughs> all the technical difficulties are. Uh, it's all good. We'll see. Okay. I think okay. We'll, okay. we'll get it going.
0: Go so. ahead, Steve. Continue on. While I work through our technical. There we go. We got it. We're getting through
2: out. everything. It's uh You gotta love technology. Speaking of loving technology, the technology on the new Elite bows is the best in the business, and that's money. Elite Archery is is bringing you the Working Class bow Bowhunter Podcast. We're super excited. You and Eric have got some cool things to talk about. I don't got anything quite cool yet, but uh, once you, uh... it's getting there.
0: Now I got my tempo all set up, mm-hmm. and uh, I had to order new fletchings already. Like day two, I was shooting at the same dot because it's super satisfying when you tune in a bow for the first time. It's like you want to shoot and see your group, <laughs> and I was just <laughs> breaking knocks. And I had uh, ordered new fletchings, and so I got basically a weekend full of fletching arrows coming ahead. I shoot a pretty thin diameter arrow and i was hitting them off each other i'm like if i i didn't robin hood it it'd be pretty hard to do but i busted off a bunch of knocks i got there's one i gotta drill in and pull the knock out (laughs) and uh so that'll be fun eric's isn't set up yet but he's he's yeah i don't
3: have a cool story like that but i just got mine so we're gonna hopefully have it set up here real soon
0: super we'll talk about that here in the episode a bit um also scent crusher uh we gotta thank dan from scent crusher great guy uh from the closet the ozone go um Great company. Check out com. HHA Sports, uh, Leader, and Single Pen Sites. Go check them out as well. Um, Smith's Custom Meats and Deer Processing. Yes, sir. Um, here at local Viola, Illinois. Um, we take all our deer there um, from meatloaf to sausage, everything. He's got it all covered.
2: He's on vacation right now, by the way. He's well-deserved. He deserves it. He and deserves he, it. He's he, taking a few weeks off and then um, possibly expect uh, old Scott himself to be in studio for another podcast.
0: So. Right. So let's get on with the show. we got a lot to cover. We're on Facebook Live. We, I know you got... What do you, what do you got?
2: I got a... Uh, in, so we're uh, for our vet shout-out, we're going to do Dark Horse Lodge. They're starting to break ground on that. Guys, go check out darkhorselodge.org. It's a peaceful retreat for combat vets. Again, they started breaking ground. A lot of people are helping out. It's going to be... It's a great cause. If you want to donate to them, if you're just going to buy anything on Amazon, go to Amazon... No, smile.amazon.com. And then you're gonna select Dark Horse Lodge, and a portion of those proceeds are gonna go straight to those guys. So, I right just on. wanted to let
1: you know,
0: Clark. Thank thanks you. for coming back again. We got a lot to yeah. cover with this
1: podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: Turkey season is well, technically here.
1: Yeah, youth season started up last weekend here in Illinois. So yeah, uh, they added an extra weekend this this year. So, so it's two, two weekends now. Yeah. So it'll be up again on Saturday. So How'd Weekend 1 go? Well, Matt's not mic'd up, but uh, <laughs> I can tell the story for you. Let's, let's hear it. <laughs> let's hear it. Let's start it off with this. I, uh, it, I may or may not have heard this story. Well, it, and it may or may not have anything to do with Matt sitting in the blind with a pretty little girl. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> he says that's not it. So It's a good Mommy. thing he's not mic'd up. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He's He's pretty quiet. He's turning red over here, but... No, we, we had a, it was a lousy weekend, nasty, rainy. Uh, so naturally we tried it anyway, because that's what we do. Right. But uh, we went with Logan Partlow. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. From last breath, she went with us and uh, wanted to kind of hang out and she's going to do some more turkey hunting on mm-hmm. her own this year. So she come along cause Garrett was in Nebraska Oh, right, so right. So she come along with us and uh, sat in and run second camera angle for us. And Awesome. She did a great job. Her and Matt were in the blind. I was outside from a different angle. And uh, long story short, we had some birds come in after a couple hours of no gobbling. And they, they right. ended up coming in, and Matt made his first ever miss on a turkey so oh man <laughs> but he he just barely missed but <laughs> i i think he was a little torqued on his setup just how he had his chair oh right He right. always try to figure out what went wrong and i i think that was the the issue he just it's you gotta miss those... sometime matt i'm sorry well, buddy
3: but you got to he, did, he from didn't look blind too that's always like one of the toughest things ever because you got a small window and you gotta yeah. position yourself just right and it's right. like
2: and you're in front of a pretty girl and.
1: That's what I think it's fun to blame it on anyway, but he, that, he says that's not it. That so. is
3: fun. We're
0: we're friends with Logan, and uh, it just happens, Matt. You know, Steve gets all weird and stuff when she's in here in the studio to <laughs> talk about stuff. and So it's just, it's just what it is.
2: I did see her that weekend, though. <laughs> did you? Yeah, actually. So I, I shot her a message. I was like, hey, what are you doing in my neck of the woods? And she's like, oh, I just got done hunting with Clark and Matt. And I was like, oh, how'd that go? You know, trying to get the inside scoop. Yeah. But. There you
0: go. <laughs> Well, I think what we should do, let's talk a little bit about food plots first, and then we'll break into turkey. Well, I want to talk about bow setups and then merge into turkeys. Yeah. Um, so we can cover food plots in a lot of detail, or we can cover it in not so much detail, but I feel like first, before we skip everything we're about to skip over, we need to say one thing first about the show. Um, right now, if you get on which maybe you should say this, Clark, because you haven't been in the studio, on uh, Lynch Mob Calls, Mm -hmm. we're doing for this episode a promo code for 15% off working class 15. Yeah. So if you get in there, you get 15% off the calls. It's the season. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Order away, people.
1: Got some really awesome products there, so definitely give them a check out. Um, They're for sure. All the different pot calls, the box call. I, I love the diaphragm calls. I mean, it's they're they're top of the line. So maybe we me here. <laughs> <What, laughs> Let's do it here. I mean, what do you go, want to hear? Go ahead. Uh, show me. <laughs> yeah, well, show me the intimidator.
4: We, yeah, we might as well.
0: We'll cover some turkey calls yeah. now.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we're jumping this all is, around. This is just the box call. Of course, it's live, so I guess I can show you and not just tell you about it. But um, this one I just got, so I haven't really played with it a whole lot yet. Right. But, um, it's a one-sided, but really nice. I don't know how that sounds over the mic, but it's, uh, Ear pitching. Good. <laughs> yeah, raspy sure old is, hen. Yeah, raspy. So I, I like to have a box with me all times, just because if it's windy or you're looking for that gobble, Right, you just sometimes you can't get them struck up, and that box call just has that certain pitch that you can yeah. reach out and hit them, and it'll shock them into calling, or, right, or gobbling back at you. So and there's
0: something kind of classic about like a good box call too. Yeah, like they're almost like I don't know what it is. It's just nice to have a box call. I don't know. It's yeah. just one of those things. It's just a
1: classic hunting call, I guess you could say. Yeah, I think so. I, I like to run. A box with my hands and i i run my diaphragm i'll get the dueling hens going sometimes so, mm-hmm. which we can talk more about that later but yeah we can sure. get into uh, that and everything sure.
0: um yeah. and then also we'll get into this more later too in detail we'll mention now at the beginning um uh, solid broadheads uh the decaps, free shipping right now free shipping
1: yeah and that's that's a nice deal you can get order them direct it's um uh, i believe solid mm-hmm. Um but if you look them up on on the internet you'll find them and it's free shipping so if you've never shot a solid decap definitely give them a try you'll you'll be super impressed with the durability a little more money but a lot of the others are one shot broadheads when you're talking decaps so yeah right there again we'll touch on that we start getting into setup and everything we can because you can
0: double up and Mm -hmm. save yourself some money working class people there it is 50 percent off and then free shipping no one likes space shipping, <laughs> yeah, just, no. just how it is um all right, let's cover food plots. We can do it very briefly um' it was something we kind of we cover with you, and it's gonna I guess this is our first year when we're gonna cover this, but uh it, it's getting to be that time, and who know, some people probably already have their food plots rocking already i I don't know i, I don't know a lot about food plots, and that's probably the that's same why spiel. we had Clark on <laughs> yeah,
3: so we can find out about them
0: what um What's like your general food plot set up, and then uh, basically, so what we have is like what areas work best for you as far as what you want to plant?
1: Um, you know what every situation's different. Uh, right now, I'm doing a lot of prep work, uh, getting all all my grain plots like soybeans, corn, sorghum, any of that stuff. I'm working up all that stuff, getting getting all the ground ready, Ooh. uh spreading any lime that i want to spread for the year uh fertilizing getting getting the all the prep work ready so when it comes time i can just hit it real quick with the disc and then plant it so, sure um, that's kind of where i'm at now um, the clover i'd say it's not too late to do a, a frost seeding um, a few weeks ago would have been the best time but mm-hmm. any of your clover plots um, and what's a frost seeding frost seeding would be uh basically you're going to go in and overseed an existing plot like if you have a a, say you're running in just a straight ladino clover from last year or something and you want to it was getting a little weak or a little Mm -hmm. weedy or anything or something yeah just go in there Uh, a true frost seeding is when the ground's still frozen Uh, and ideally with a little skiff of snow or even quite a bit of snow and and you're going to just spread it right on top of that Um,
3: on top of the snow
1: yeah, you can spread oh, right really? on the snow, and then as the snow's melting and the ground's freezing and thawing, it's just kind of pulling that seed yeah, right in, and sure. uh, it greens up really nice. It's a, it's a good way to extend your plots. Like, instead of getting three years, you might be able to run them for six or seven years if, if it goes well. Wow. And uh, I
0: feel just, like that's something not a lot... I mean, I'm not deep into the food plot game, but mm-hmm. is
1: that a fairly common thing that people do, or is that not so common? Or It is. If, if you do a lot of reading, I mean... That's what a lot of the guys that really kind of know what they're doing, they'll hmm. they'll, they'll do a lot of frost seeding and just uh, you're going to go in at about probably half the rate uh, that you would normally seed and just basically you're just kind of filling in the gaps and just broadcast it right over your existing stand to extend the life of it. Hmm.
0: Okay. Um, yeah. I, I, that's I used to be able to do food pots. Now my setup now I no longer can, mm-hmm. um, but that's something I, I didn't even know about. Yeah. And that's even with doing like food plot research online. I, I never, maybe I just look in the wrong areas or overlooked that spot, but I was never informed on frost seeding. I, I knew about it now later, but I've never heard, I, I, you know what I mean? I've never actually talked about it with someone. So, yeah. Super interesting. I feel like that, that's probably a pretty good tip for someone wanting to get the most out of a plot.
1: Yeah. If you're looking to get the most out of your plot, that's definitely a, a good way. And you don't have to do it every year. Even every other year helps um, just get in there and, Get a little seed on it. Uh, it. It just... It really makes those gaps and holes where you would normally get weeds. Kind of fills things in. Gives you that carpet look. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, right. For sure. It's a nice way to do. Um, here's a good one. So where do you get your seed?
0: Um, and and what normally would you buy going into it? Man,
2: that's a great
1: question. Who wrote that one up? Oh, <laughs> man, I remember that one. <laughs> I plan a little bit of everything. So um, as far as... Oh, there's there's a, a bunch of different clover mixes I like. So, since it's spring, we'll talk clover right away. But uh, Imperial's a good one. Um, mm-hmm. Arrow Seed has a, a really nice clover blend. Uh, there's there's a few different ones that that the guys always like to use. I I like any Ladino based, and I like I like clover more in the lowland. Um, I like alfalfa mm-hmm. if you're more in the up upland or a really sunny more dry area i'd, I'd rather have alfalfa mm-hmm. it's a little more picky for the ph mm-hmm. so you got to gotcha. make sure your soil's right for it but
3: well, so was this all like trial and error stuff you've been doing this over the years yeah kind of just
1: yeah it's it's mostly just trial and error and reading and just uh you find out what works and what right what doesn't but uh, you can't hardly beat alfalfa or clover for a year round everybody says well what would you plan if you could plant one thing it would probably be one of those two if i could only plant one just because it kind of covers you most of the seasons right
3: yeah there's some gaps where it's not as
1: as attractive but
3: Mm -hmm. um, it comes up early and stays late i mean yeah yeah yep it's a good all year round yeah
1: all
0: right we actually wrote out show notes for this episode so um where 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 are we at how many plots can you? How many food plots can you plant in one weekend? I don't know what Steve's. <laughs> hey, I just I want to get to
2: know the man, Clark Cummings.
0: It, like, it depends if, you,
1: if I'm planting. Uh, if I've got all my prep work done, oh, I'd say ten is a pretty achievable number. But uh, it depends if you're if you're starting from scratch. It's uh, it's really hard to get more than just a couple done. Still, there we go. Yeah, there still it goes rocking. Again. Yeah, that's. Uh, I like radishes in in with my turnips. Um. Okay, we're back in action oh. here. For now, in action. If it, so. it goes
0: out, we'll just have to reset the old Facebook Live and get moving. Uh, Clark is a bad omen, apparently. <laughs> I am a yeah. bad <laughs> omen. I'm a bad um, seed. Bad seed for the food plot here.
1: <laughs> um, but the turnips—you'll notice the turnips go. become attractive a lot later. Mm-hmm. Uh, not always. When they're first greening up and they get to three or four inches tall, they usually nip at them pretty good then. Mm-hmm. And then, again, they'll nip at them uh, later, oh, closer to shed drop time. So I like to have them that, uh any good snow. If you get an early snow, Matt shot his Big Ten. Uh, it was first shotgun season, wasn't it, last year? It was night and day difference. It was, they weren't touching the turnips. We got six inches of heavy snow Mm -hmm. and they were in there the next day. They were all over. And there was tons of them in there. Yeah. That's amazing. And the other thing I've noticed with turnips, a lot of people get really frustrated uh, when they're planting the turnips because they don't immediately start using them, but it's almost an acquired taste. And I have no idea why. And it i've can heard be, that a lot too especially yeah. in
3: the midwest area i mean they said it's kind of a different thing because it's not really around here that much
0: yep well that's what i was going to ask is you know i remember we planted turnips me and my dad did back in the day and they didn't, i didn't think they ever touched them and i've heard that too like oh they got to find them and learn I, is that true learn what yeah. they are
1: yeah we had a farm one farm was three miles from another and on one farm they loved the turnips that i don't know it was just a certain doe group that started and then pretty soon more followed, and, mm-hmm. and there would be 20 or 30 on that field in just a small acreage. You'd watch them ripping them out of the ground and like throwing them up over their backs and everything else. I don't know what they were doing, but really? it's like they was playing in them. They loved them. And then you go down the road three miles, and it's a beautiful stand of turnips, and nothing's touching them. It's like the mall walkers of the dough world, man. They just they got their own thing going on. Yeah. I, I, I
2: don't understand it, but, hey,
1: it's there. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it, but we just about gave up. We did that for three years in a row on that farm, uh-huh. and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, they just started devouring them at that farm too. Hmm. So it's just like that little group of deer needed to find them and decide they liked them, but now, is now we plant them it, every year again. Is it because it's in the dirt? Like, do you need
0: to go through and pull out one every so many feet and like cut it in half or something I, like that? You know what I mean to get them to maybe.
2: Oh, would that be considered baiting, though? Yeah, that might be. I don't know. That might
1: anything be, yeah. that's not a natural but, uh, farming practice. So, uh, well, <laughs> I, I,
2: I would say no. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah I, w- I would guess that. But like that's just that, that's so weird how that line could be drawn. Yeah, I want right just there. say it was the deer. Yeah, it was. It was probably the deer <laughs> with a razor sharp knife. <laughs> I, I would
0: say that's not baiting, but I guess no, if probably not. A farmer picks corn, and his grain cart driver spills a little bit of corn, and you hunt over that spilled corn pile. Is that baiting? No, Ew. I don't
1: think so. I think you're good on that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but to I guess. Prove that it's like Yeah, that's yeah, a fine I mean, line to that? be walking. Yeah. I would say no. I don't think you would is. say no?
0: Is corn corners there anyway. Yeah. I no, would say no, yeah, but it's, um,
1: that's the 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 whole brassica blend is it, it's a different, but when I started adding radishes, I noticed I got a lot earlier uh action out of the whole brassica blend.
3: Uh see, and that's so, so weird to me like deer like radishes cuz they can be Rashes can be hot sometimes. Oh, yeah, they can. They can get cool. a little kick to them. Yeah.
0: It, it, but you, maybe not to them, though. I mean, I guess yeah, they I have guess a different palate, I guess. Right? Yeah, have, yeah.
2: have you guys seen this? Uh, oh, I know you guys have seen it. Have you at, at Tyson's, they have, like, if you go back, and I'm sure other places have it. Th- the Thysons. At Uh <laughs> If you go there, they have this section where it's, like, um, like, if you ever go to a health food store and they've got, like, all the different selections where you, like, do almonds or whatever— but they have like you can make your own mix,
3: your own food plot mix. Yeah, yeah. And I There's thought there was a bunch was, of different dispensers there. It's pretty cool. And I was like, you know, how much? How, it is cool. How much? You know,
2: do you? You mean? Do you... You just gotta go and be like, Ah, maybe I'll try a little bit of this, a little bit of this, a little bit of this <laughs> or you can give like you know when you were a kid you used to do the like the suicide where you do every fountain pop? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh man, yeah. I wonder I wonder if like the deer would look
1: at it and be like, nah I No, I think the variety's good. You think so? Um, I think so. Can what?
0: one can one crop hurt another crop in a in a blend like that, that?
1: Too much of a good thing?
3: Yeah, uh, I would say yes because some stuff grows faster than others, so then it yeah. shadows oh, yeah. over them, and yeah. then they don't have that chance to get the sunlight to grow.
0: Yeah, probably that but makes sense. But I didn't got to watch it. your
1: ratios. You don't want to, and that's <clears> another <throat> thing with the whole brassica blend. You don't want to overseed it. Give it plenty of room yeah. in between because mm-hmm. they are going to grow big if you if you don't overcrowd them.
3: Because I'm sure that's like I mean I've done it before where it's like okay I need a lot of seed because. Some of it's not going to grow, but sometimes that can be a bad thing.
0: (laughs) Clark, what would you say? What percentage of deer that you harvest and and map do you kill
1: over your food plots? Uh, I would say maybe as far as right on the food plot, probably a smaller percentage because a lot of times we won't, until it's late season, we generally don't hunt right on our food. Mm. Mm-hmm. We're usually hunting a transition in between. I want them to get there and be happy. Mm, right. So I don't want to constantly be there boogering them up. Putting pressure um, on the actual food plot itself. Right. Yeah, yeah right. I want them, that's like their happy zone for, <clears> for <throat> me. So, But when it gets to be late season, uh, you got to get to the food because they're going to come out, and that's right where they're headed. So, um, two, uh, But two, late season, we do kill them over over the food we've killed i don't know quite a few um but was the big boy on food the 196er it was that was a cut uh bean field this year just and that was just a and that has aired already on sportsman's channel yeah oh yeah a little while back and and that was just one of them deals where you're scouting and and just we found that deer three days before he shot him and uh happened to be on our spot so Right. Um, we have two questions, Facebook live. Uh,
0: Terry says, uh, what do you think? I have to pull the phone closer. What do you think of all the Midwest farmers starting to plant turnips as cover crop? Could that change how deer in the Midwest use turnips
1: since there is such an abundance of them? Well, that's, there's two things about that. Um, some of the cover crops I've looked at what's in them and some of them are not necessarily the, the best, as far as the deer forage goes. They're, they're using stuff that's wanting to maximize nitrogen input, so they haven't really researched it. Like some of the food plot companies, like you go to Arrow Seed, they've, they've researched that uh, Imperial uh, Whitetail Institute, actually. Right. They research stuff that tastes for deer, mm-hmm. and they're basically doing taste tests and strips and everything else. So uh, It's like what, but, what what the deer prefer over this test plot, over this right. test plot for
0: Right it makes right, sense. and the other ones
1: they're they're going on uh the ones that will actually break up the ground more and and add more nitrogen. that's kind of the the traits they're looking for, not saying that they're not still attractive because right they are yeah um, we, well, we, a different
0: we, purpose for each yeah. type of crop, but that's something I would' have never would have thought about, yeah until that question got brought up and you had explained it that way, so but that makes sense though. and it
1: it sounds far fetched that deer might like something better than the other thing, but they it really is true i mean if i've had stuff where i've watched them in my food plots in a mix and they go to the one spot every time and that's mm. even difference between the different food plot companies and it's just the variety that they're using most right. of it you can find on the back of the label what what they're using and that's when i developed my own mixes i kind of picked out which ones I've right. noticed that they're hitting harder than yeah. the others. So. It's like
2: Gardetto's, man. You know, you want the right chips, exactly. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, yeah. what it is. <laughs> it just stop does. selling me all this junk. Just sell me the whole bag. Oh, the whole
1: bag's here. Sell like hotcakes. Yeah, that's that's a pretty good analogy, <laughs> yeah, it really. Is. It's but,
0: a guess and check, really, when yeah. it comes to food plots. But it's fun. I, I wish I had more area to to test. The, I guess the extent of what I could do now is throw out some clover. Or I mean, what would you recommend to someone who's like, well, I can't make a plot i have nothing i can work with i can't work up the ground
1: what would you recommend if i was was doing something like that i would probably do a fall plot Mm -hmm. and uh, because mostly if if you're in that situation you probably don't have access to a lot of equipment to maintain Mm -hmm. clover you really need to keep it mowed um, at least on the major holidays about three times a year like memorial day fourth of july and again on labor day that's a good uh yeah, and only on those days anything <laughs> well, else yeah if, if you, you do can, it a day before day before day after i'll, I'll let that slide right uh, yeah, no yeah, that's yeah. that's just a good rule of thumb just uh and if your deer are keeping a mowed off then mm-hmm. you really don't have to i kind of watch for when they're flowering and they're starting to mature if they're starting to get that crispy waxy look and they're starting to either that or if you see weeds getting um, that I'll break the rule if I see a certain weed that's coming strong, I'll just chop mm-hmm. it. Especially the broad leaves. Most of them you can tr- control the broad leaves mm-hmm. with mowing. Interesting. That's grass right. not so much, but that's a good
0: tip. I'm learning some stuff here. Yeah,
3: because yeah. I've I've heard a lot too. Like a lot of people will just cut in front of their stand. You know, like a certain radius just around their stand. Yeah. Where the clover is still coming up on the outside, but they have fresh stuff coming up mm-hmm. around their stand. Yeah.
1: And I go one step further. I, I've done that, and then I've also fertilized right around my stand. So you still got a full food plot that's right, um, right,
3: sure. That's <laughs> there, so they can kind of
1: feed around. But the the promised land is right there in front of your stand. Yeah. So that's where they're kind that, of. That's going. a good so idea it, too. I always um, it, spread a little extra around. Full my of these stand. tips, Clark. That is. <laughs> <Now does>, um, <laughs>
2: that's why we're here. Actually, <laughs> does, does it? Do you always look at what farmers oh. like? You know, or if there's areas that have tillable. You know, acreage right mm-hmm. connecting to you do you look and see what they plant what they're gonna plant that year will that determine yeah. what you're going to plant there too like if they're doing beans over here you know you're gonna change this mix i mean do you look at that a lot
1: i do um i, I kind of paid attention to what's around me all the time and if uh, if there's no soybeans around and i've got the only soybeans i'm gonna i'm gonna have a lot of deer through oh, yeah. the summer mm-hmm. the other thing you got to watch for that is you're also going to have to realize that you're going to get mowed off a lot heavier if you've got a a two acre soybean plot and it's the only soybeans around you're going to get mowed off so you kind of got to be ready for a contingency plan too on that so which if if you get mowed off on your soybeans say they take them down half and it's just they've knocked all the leaves but there's still quite a few pods that's when i'll go back in and spread like a brassica blend uh late July just right into my soybeans let them take it's going to it's going to be a lesser rate it's not you're not going to get 100% on your growth mm-hmm. which you don't really want anyway i just kind of spread them through it and let them come up but I, that's probably been one of my most attractive food plots is when you have a a good uh, soy or a mild soybean mm-hmm. stand with brassica mixed in interesting i uh, saw so. i saw this uh, there's these videos of these guys
2: and they were they were planting their plot, and then they put electric fence around mm-hmm. and they would take it down you know it was it was for a food plot for deer, so then they would take it down when it grew up and my didn't thing was how
0: how deer are hitting it too that way as well, right the guy's normally fencing like a section,
2: yeah. yeah, and I was you know it it was kind of a curious thing, because I was thinking man, if them deer keep trying to come there, they could be getting shocked. Uh, you know, it's like raising the price of McChickens, man. You keep doing that, I'm going to stay away. I'm going to go <laughs> yeah. find something else elsewhere. Like that's a. I, I, it, if you're it hungry enough,
3: if you're hungry enough, Steve, you're going to go there.
2: I guess, but it was a it was a very curious thing to me. I, I don't know if you've ever experimented with that.
1: They'll they'll respect. Uh, we did fence, um, and we did it more for cattle, but we. I had this theory. I thought I'm going to pull the fence right before deer season, but I did not want the cows in there. I didn't even care if the deer could get in. Cause I thought I'm going to, I want it for later season. Well, what I did is I had a hot wire, two strand hot wire the whole way around it. And some deer were hopping, but some were staying out. Um, but like I say, I was trying to control the cattle. But when I opened the gate, it, it was like, they respected that hot wire when I opened that gate it was just opening the floodgates. They went right in and out of there. So if you if you could take that as a a tip, if you if you hmm. did take the time to fence a, a plot, you put your gate near your stand. Oh yeah.
3: Because they'll start well, using those, it right I mean, as soon as
1: you open it. You don't even have to take the rest of the wire down, just shut the
3: That's Geology one oh one. They're really? gonna find hmm. the easiest yeah. path in there.
1: Yep. They'll find that out. It's sense. like they, they know that that's over there. They wanna eat it, but they just kinda respect that fence. Sure. Hmm. So that's I don't know, that's I'm picking up a lot from this. I'm I'm gonna really
0: push and try and like get permission to put in like my own plot and area. Can, yeah, can food plots? I don't know if you know if this is a dumb question or not. I'm hoping there's a lot of people that don't know. You'll
2: know after he asks it though. Yeah,
0: is can? Uh, well, I'm kind of realizing as I'm about ready to ask it. Can a food plot be considered CRP in any way? Mm.
1: Uh, mm. There's CRP programs that take in food uh, like. We're in a CREP program in one of our farms, and that, Mm -hmm. under the program we're in, we've got to put, by a government contract, we have to put 5% of that into food. Oh, okay. Uh, The other thing you can do is, if you have fire breaks for your native grass, Mm -hmm. you can plant your fire breaks to clover or anything green, that. as long as you just describe that as a fire break. So, I mean, you can Mm -hmm. pick up extra food plots in your CRP. It's just a path
3: around the CRP.
1: Right. Yep. Yep, and they might even send one right down the middle. Again, if you can plan that to your tree stand, I mean, you could really use that to your advantage, man. And again, that would be one on one. There you go,
3: easiest path. Yep, right
1: down your little clover strip, right to your stand. Yep. (laughs) Wow. Do you do (laughs) do that? Do you utilize any of that? Yeah, we do. We did that. Um, We kind of had to spell it out when we were writing our plan with the government, and I just kind of there's some things I would have done different if I was doing it today. Mm -hmm. Um, This has been 15 years ago, but if I was Mm -hmm. doing it today, I would. I would definitely plan my fire breaks just a hair different for for (laughs) the bigger trees where you could, because ours kind of come out where there's some trees and you can get in them, but it's not ideal. They're about but, this big around. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> You're in there like leaning, like, it will work. <laughs> I, I've
2: killed deer out of trees like that. You're just oh, like, this yeah.
0: sucks. I'll have to be on my tiptoes the whole time, but it, it'll it'll work. Yeah, no, I, exactly.
2: I, I'm a big boy. I got to pick a very special tree for me to get up in. <laughs> I'm going to
0: use this question on Facebook Live for a transition and we're going to get into some turkey stuff. Um, Corey Rose, how do I get one of those awesome solids hats
2: like Clark is wearing? Well, I'll tell you what, you go to solidbroadheads.com, and they've got free <laughs> shipping on their decaps. so <laughs> you yeah. might as well buy one and buy one on the website.
1: Are they on there? That's it. He's actually a friend of mine, so uh, ooh, he's I giving can – uh, huh? It's just these are for a special crowd. Oh, oh yeah. Those are special edition hats, huh? Yeah, you got to be able to really shoot a bow good to get these hats. <laughs> <I> oh, <know. laughs> I get that So, now. He, so. Uh,
0: Matt, do you have one?
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, has okay. One. Of course. Okay. Hey, he wait, wait, wait! Well, I actually got two, and a... I gave him one. So. Yeah, and you, oh, and you brought us all one, a, right? Yeah, <laughs> I brought you guys all one. I mean, it's just a—it's the in crowd gets them. Michelle. Yeah, just, you got to—you got to—you got to know somebody. That's so, how you do. It. Keep no, chipping sure away, Corey. Can... You'll get there. Yeah, yeah, that's right. One day. <laughs> no, he's like a three hundred deck or 358 x shooter so he's hey cory want to do a podcast good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's good you know he he helps me set up all my bows he's he's good awesome, awesome. really good so that could be
0: a good podcast
1: yeah we'll have to make some up.
0: connections that way um let's talk elite turkey. guy Ooh, hey fit right in yeah we we can talk elites then we can talk turkeys right. what do we want to do here because i'm i'm pretty amped up about my bow i didn't want to
2: yeah
1: you are we talk about everything whatever you guys lead me into well Let's talk well, about don't Elite. Don't say that to Steve. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, yeah pro wrestling. Yeah. Let's oh, talk about pro wrestling. Hey,
2: WrestleMania is this weekend. <laughs> okay, there we go. Yeah. Um, this, go figure. Uh, this segment of the podcast is going to be brought to you by 164 Outdoors. Give Ross a call. The there other you. half of the Mile Time Club. Yeah. Um, We'll we'll put his phone number out there. So give 164 Outdoors a phone call. 309-221-2425. He's in the Monmouth, (laughs) Illinois area. It's on his sticker, so I can give that number away. I didn't know we were doing the plug. (laughs) I was like, you're
0: ready to move on with the conversation. we're doing the plug. (laughs) You just kept pushing through. Um, What bow are you going to shoot
1: this year, Clark? I am going to shoot the tempo. Nice uh, choice. Let's talk color and everything. Yeah, Uh, yeah, let's hear it. Color, I'm thinking... uh, I don't know. It's going to have some (laughs) real tree in it, but I can't decide probably just the limbs. I might go with, uh, one of the shades of brown mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i gonna put me a nice winner's choice custom string on there so right. i'm thinking neon green or something so That'll i haven't look good. i haven't figured out exactly but that's that's the route i'm going so I'm,
3: you're gonna set up your ball around your string is what you're saying kind of right? yeah okay, oh yeah that's what's what? going on yeah. no, no, I, I need
1: it to look good because i don't so <laughs> <laughs>
0: people want to talk turkey but i will say All i'm right. shooting the brown tempo i call it bronze Yeah, because it's it's a bronze beauty. Mm -hmm. That's what I call her. You know, bronze (laughs) beauty. That's a good looking bow. She's uh, I love it. I'm I haven't even had it two weeks yet, and I'm already. I just it's been killing me because the last four days it's been pouring rain, and I don't have anywhere indoor close to shoot. You should come down with us. Where's that? Where Galesburg, indoor
1: 3D indoor. We just ended 3D, but we can go shoot the wall. (laughs) <laughs> so, oh really? But it's still fun. Yeah, we can oh, shoot yeah. forty what forty yards in there inside. Oh, dang. Yeah. Well, I had no idea. Yeah, come down sometime. We'll. we'll shoot yeah, you. I'm we gonna guys, do it. You guys ought to all come down. Yes, definitely. We can probably even talk to the big guy at the range and maybe if he hasn't moved the targets yet, get something set up. So, ooh, ooh. this is interesting. This could be a like a a working class bow hunter Indoor. 3D shoot. This would be pretty cool.
0: We could yeah. do that. We'll make like invite like an invitational. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah you gotta know a guy yeah they're passing out free <laughs>
1: solid broadhead hats <laughs> yeah it's gillsburg archery club no it's a great a great place eh? i haven't
0: been there i've heard good things our good buddy trevor schmidt goes there quite a bit does
1: he and uh he said he loves it
2: um I didn't mean, yeah. mean to get out there, but we just we just haven't yeah, done what it. What do you mean, does he? He tells us he sees you every time he goes there and you well, maybe he does I just don't know no, I don't I'm know face hidden. <laughs> I <probably laughs> do. I probably do, yeah. You're making me feel bad. Oh no, no. That, his is a face I you can never forget, believe me, I've tried. I see we love Trevor. But
0: uh well yeah, Trevor's a great yeah. dude. Eric's got the option seven Yeah, just came in, and then yeah. uh Steve's got an option six in the mail. Yeah. Okay, so it's on have
1: three different routes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I got to say, man,
0: I I love like the energy series riser. Mm -hmm. It's almost so simple and beautiful and just shoots so good that it's, I don't know. I just couldn't stray away from that. That's the
1: way I was. I, I, I knew about the option was coming out and I made my choice before I ever felt any of, well, I did feel the tempo. Um, I got a sneak preview of when we was Colorado elk hunting last year, so mm-hmm. I got to shoot one then, and I I fell in love with that instantly. So I said, I don't even care what the other one is; I want this. And they said, Well, it's going to have the options going to be a lot more radical split limb design, and it right. I thought, well, that sounds cool, but I want to stick with the old elite mm-hmm. feel, mm-hmm. and that's what I went with. I will say, after I started shooting the options, I'm thinking, Well, I don't know, mm-hmm. did I make the right choice? Because they're they're awesome too. Yeah, but I just I'm still <clears throat> old school. So I like that tempo right. feel, and I love the roller guard that they added. Um, yes. Yep. It's it's super smooth. I love it.
0: I'm loving mine. It just feels powerful. Well, the thing is, like, my fiancé shoots a Spirit, and it's, like, you know, almost the same, right? A little shorter, but it's just I love that. I had a Synergy, and I just I love that riser design, yeah. and I wanted to stick with it. And it looks so good in the brown. Oh, yeah. oh it does. It that color's so killer. <laughs> it just, I was looking at it outside in the sun. It's almost like it's brown but it's like a bronze it's just i don't know i don't know how to explain it it's just simplistic and mm-hmm. well designed it is and yeah, I, i'm absolutely in love with it so. it's killer all right let's talk some turkeys let's talk turkeys. Um, here we go let's talk specifically bow hunting turkeys and i feel like that is a turkey is a very hard animal to kill with a bow um if you take the head off that's uh you're they can, in the they can there. be hard
3: to hunt with a gun. What are you talking about?
0: Well, yeah, they can. It seems like turkeys are one way or the other. They're either slam dunk, like oh, I'll, I'm in and out in the morning, or they run you rampant. Yeah, and I don't know where your like thoughts are on like turkey luck or turkey. Um, I guess the difficulty level of turkey hunting with archery. Do you find
1: it Skill one to ten? How difficult is it? We'll go with that. It's it's definitely adds a lot more to it. Right. Um, it makes it. Of course we do it with the camera so that that makes yeah. adds a little bit more yet but it definitely it, it kills your mobi- mobility a little bit mm-hmm. when you're doing it with the camera and trying to decap them now right. if you're just running and gunning i've shot several turkeys just by myself with just a standard broadhead mm-hmm. and i'm not trying to get that that 10 yard headshot yeah uh, so i just basically hunt them just like you would with a gun in that case and i i'm a by nature, I, I like to run and gun. I don't like to sit still. But when we get all the camera gear out and everything, we'll we'll do some blind, some no blind. Uh, the blinds make things a lot easier. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, if if you're trying to make it as easy as possible to get in front of one with a, I mean, a good set of decoys is is absolutely key mm-hmm. when you're bow hunting up close with with especially with a decap because you don't want that that 10 yard and below shot if you can yeah Uh, we've killed them out i mean some of the guys have killed them 40 plus yards with the decap with the the decap yeah they'll i mean they'll fly if you if you take the time and tune your bow and things are (laughs) they'll fly we had my bow shooting well my buddy Corey, i should probably get him a solid hat because he had my (laughs) bow last year i mean he he gurus that thing and it was uh it was we shot it at 50 yards and it was lights out of all you had to do is just change where your marks were on your movable site and just oh really yeah just uh, we got it dialed in I mean they I flew know, straight as could be I remember you telling me how you um, <laughs> it's impressive how you shot
2: at those uh, it is, it's kind of faded but did you not use like uh, like a pillow yeah you used it a pillow that's right yeah, yeah it's just because you're not gonna be able to shoot that into like a block target or anything
1: right yeah you you want to shoot something that's gonna give um, some of the guys use rugs uh, just a good tight knit rug. Hang it. Use a some kind of dowel rod or something. Some cable ties. Just hang that thing up.
3: So it's kind of free swinging.
1: Yeah, you want it to swing and give when it hits. And yep. the the way the broadheads are so spread out, it's a four inch cutting diameter. So when it hits, it it doesn't. Nec- it's going to cut some, but it's not going to cut deep. If if you have something to push against, if it's sitting, if you're shooting a block target, it'll go in it, but right right uh, you don't want to destroy to do that, that i put the block target behind it <laughs> yeah <laughs> but just in case it goes through the pillow but generally the pillow will stop it yeah. you wouldn't think so i've even well there's so much like surface area it's yeah. catching mm-hmm. yeah yes. it just it, it sounds like a gun goes off when it hits it but it just pops but this the pillow swings <laughs> back and the arrow a lot of times will just stay just barely inside the pillow you go shake some of the fluffy stuff off and uh-huh. go do it again but um you just you got to get them dialed in most of them won't shoot identical to a field point. I mean, we, well, yeah, we that's yeah. yeah, it's, it's mainly, I think it's the flex of the spine and the arrow. Cause, cause these are 200 grains and it'll just, you'll get a catch a little bit of flex. Right. And it just, I think it, it just kind of wants to veer them off to the left, just a hair for me. <laughs> but, I,
0: I've always wanted to, to, I've never shot. I've never de- decapitated a Turkey with the decap. I've never went for it. I've always wanted to, mm-hmm. um, but I feel like it's something when you see the highlight reels of people doing that, it's, Everyone shares them. They're awesome to watch. Yeah, oh, it
3: gets you motivated. No, I've
0: watched I mean, Philip on the Virtue. You know, oh yeah, I you
1: know, respect the game. Just lobbing yeah, old off. sad daddy's head. Yeah, old sad daddy's going. <laughs> I will tell you, my favorite thing about a, shooting a decap is you you don't have that gray area like you do with a with a broad broadhead in the body. Mm-hmm. Depending on how the turkey's angled, if it's down feeding, it's almost got a whole different kill zone than if it's standing straight Mm -hmm. up um Mm -hmm. and if you don't really know the anatomy of a turkey sometimes it can be hard for somebody to say where do i need to hit them right and i think a lot of people they they shoot them wrong thinking they're aiming right they hit right where they're aiming but they just aimed at the wrong spot and then they get frustrated because the turkey flew away Mm -hmm. with the decap it's Almost always hit or kill or not. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it either zips past their head or they're they're laying there dead. I mean, it's you get one or the other. <laughs> right, the fifty fifty. Yeah, I mean, it is. That's what I love about it is you don't have. We haven't. I don't think we've crippled a single bird with them. I mean, we've we've recovered everything. If we hit them, they die. You ever hit one in the body with the decap? That I not with the solid decap. With when I was shooting. uh a different brand we was shooting them and and they had a like a heavy ring around the tip and it just would not go in like i shot a little low and hit the feathers just below the wattles, and it it literally just knocked it clean off its feet and then it gets up and it thinks a turkey kicked it and it oh. wants to fight <laughs> it didn't even go in at all but um, <laughs> these solid decaps, we've had a couple instances where we got a little lower than what we planned and it, it looked like a bomb hit that turkey <laughs> I mean, they're they're devastating i mean i'm not saying that if you hit them square in the body that it would do that but it it doesn't seem like minor feathers stop them like they did the other ones yeah yeah. <laughs> I but, always wondered, like, oh, oops, pull my shot a little bit, just
0: slice a turkey in half. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, that's just what I, <laughs> I picture, just like, oops, oh, what, and just, just split a turkey clean yeah. in half with one. But the
1: decaps are a little more aggressive, uh, sharper blades. The blades are sharp as could be, and it's got a, a more aggressive tip. Okay. and I think that's that's what it gets you started when you you can kind of penetrate them feathers better. But it's almost I like
0: would, the bit on like a hole saw. Yeah, um, like it starts yeah. it off and then just eats
1: their. <laughs> oh man, they <laughs> eat. <laughs> that's for sure. And they're tough. That's the best part about them. A lot of the others, you get one shot and you're bending your blades. Uh, the decap. It's we've shot how many? Did we shoot Matt? Five or six with one, with one. With, one with one broadhead. With
4: their too.
1: No, their yeah, and that was before they even beefed up the blades more. So. Oh, really? So yeah, five I mean, turkeys with one decap broadhead. Yeah. Um, then there's a lot of people that would say like, well, that's a one-time shot broadhead. Yeah. Most most of the, I mean, I don't want to name any brands because I don't want to pick on other brands, but mm-hmm. right. most of them are one shot. Uh, oh, when you're talking shooting, if if you hit a turkey or you miss a turkey or whatever, I mean, it's it's just you find it and the blades are all broke or bent back and the ferrules screwed up, but mm-hmm. but the solids you can, you can keep trucking with those. It's awesome and they sharpen really easy. So. Well, yeah.
0: Let's talk, decoys are really important for turkey hunting,
1: especially turkey Mm -hmm. hunting with
0: a bow. Like, can you run through, like, your, let's just, we'll start with,
1: like, your go-to decoy setup. Okay, my first, I use DSD, Dave Smith decoys. are awesome. Yeah, they are amazing. In my opinion, the best decoys currently. There are getting to be some pretty nice ones out. Yeah, you use them for deer hunting, too, right? Yeah. They have them for about everything now, I think. Yeah, he he makes the most realistic decoys there ever was, as far as I'm concerned. Who, Dave? Yeah, I'm on a first name basis. No, yeah, Dave. Not. Yeah, <laughs> but no, he, uh, they, I should say. It's, I don't know the pose of of the the Jake, the pose of all of them. Really, I mean, they all look super real, but something about his Jake compared to other Jakes, it just something about it, it makes Tom's mad. We've had more more beat up turkey stories with with those than than anything i used to run other kinds of decoys actually i stopped before i started trying to bow hunt for filming for the show i just gave up on on even carrying decoys because i i just they'd hang up at 30 yards i thought well i can do that good with my mouth call so i'm not really that worried about Mm -hmm. but these things when when they see them they commit a pretty good percentage of the time it's it's like they come around and they see the way that that submissive posture is on that jake standing over that laying hen and more times than not it seems like it's here they come and they beat the tar out of the jake yeah matt matt had one come in and we got it all videoed the one that he may or may not have missed but uh allegedly it, it actually allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> allegedly missed it tune in it, and find out yeah it, it jumped up on the decoy and and knocked it completely off the stake when it was kicking it and spurring it, and then it, it stood on the decoy as it's laying on its side, and then it went into full strut, and then it would pop back down and, and just literally pick at the snood on the Jake, and just keep picking, picking, and then, and then it would go back into full strut, then it would stand as tall as it could stand, like I've conquered you, and then it would uh-huh. go back down, and Matt and Logan were in the blind, and, and they, I'm sitting there watching this from the other direction, and it was just awesome <laughs> to see, but... Everything was good except for the flopping turkey at the end. But it's all good. That yeah. creates experience, right, Matt? Yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. like, yep.
2: He's like, dude, look at him. He's all hot under the collar. He's like, hey, I quit bringing that up.
1: <laughs> we got a couple comments rolling in. Oh, we dude. do. Uh, Chris Chris Rogers. Um, oh, here you go. Long-time
0: listener.
2: Um, long-time listener, first-time caller. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: he said he's killed a lot of t- uh, more... T- more turkeys with a bow than a gun the past couple of years. Um, he said he normally smoked them in the stand um, while turkey hunting in the, or while hunting in the fall with his bow. And I've killed quite a few turkeys from a tree stand, which is I had someone tell me it was impossible. And I know turkeys have good eyesight. And like, I guess when they're they're young, like danger from above, hawks and stuff like that. But I've killed three Good turkeys from... I mean, that's just probably luck.
2: Maybe, maybe not.
0: I don't don't think so. I I think
1: it makes you a better deer hunter. Yeah. Yeah, because their eyesight is absurdly... Yeah. It's it's, it's insane.
2: Don't listen to anything that anybody says. Eric Bischoff told Steve Austin that black trunks and black boots would never get over. Just Uh, saying. (laughs) (laughs) Don't listen to what anybody says. You make your own destiny. That's right. practice your archery if you're going to (laughs) take shots like that, please.
0: (laughs) Chris also has a comment. Um, As much as I love DSD or avian decoys... Um, I've killed more birds using the El Chipo foam decoys from Walmart over the years. Um, <laughs> Is that the I, brand? He said, I honestly believe I could cut a piece of cardboard into the journal shape of turkey, paint it black, and have success. This may be, uh, But this may be contrary to my last comment, but the last gobbler I did kill was over a DSD Jake. <laughs> he, he said, <laughs> ha-ha, after that. Yeah all that all that yeah. for nothing.
2: <laughs> we love uh we love. It. That was still Chris, right? He might have a package in the mail for us. Oh, he we might. Well, Chris, thank you for your service and uh for uh, the alleged package yeah. which allegedly allegedly could be uh could be coming in. So, we've got the we've got the bows down, we've got the uh the decoys down now. Uh, one of the most important things in turkey hunting is the calls. Yeah. We've got The cream of the crop right in front of me, the lynch mob calls.
1: We've got the lynch mob series in front of us. Uh,
2: Which, by the way, if you want to purchase any of these, uh, lynchmobcalls.com, working class 15, get you 15% off. That's
0: right. Yep. For everyone who missed it earlier and our technical difficulties during the recording, which I don't know, we're we're doing good now, or everyone that's just tuning in on Facebook Live. Um, Can you run us through, we'll move on to, did we get full through like your decoy setup yet? Oh, you said yeah, the Jake we, we over the head. We talked about it.
1: Yeah, I, basically what I do, from from where I'm sitting, where the bow hunter's shooting from, mm-hmm. I want to go out about eight, seven to eight yards. From uh, your decoys? Yep. That's. I'm going to basically figure out where I'm sitting. I'm going to take about seven big steps out, mm-hmm. and I'm going to put my laying hen right there, right where I want to shoot, and I'm going to put the Jake standing over. Okay. Then I, get, I generally carry a feeding hen, and I put it to either the left or right, about three or four yards beyond. Mm-hmm. And then I do the opposite with the standing hen, and I'll put it three or four yards. The only difference is I will sometimes put the standing, like, sentry alert hen. I'll put her a little further out if I'm on a rise, like if there's a little roll in the hill. Mm-hmm. They most of the time don't go to her, but that's why you want your decoys. I try to keep them all under 12 yards because once in a while you'll have a, a Tom Tom come in and especially if it's a subordinate Tom, like a two year old mm-hmm. they'll come in and they'll hover around one of the, the hens that are on the fringe. So you still want to be able to shoot those, but gotcha, okay. 90% of the Toms that come in are coming straight to the Jake. And I always face the Jake towards me. Is that so because, the turkey
0: tries to get around? Yeah. It? Cause okay. they'll
1: generally, they'll puff up go into strut and then they'll want to circle and they want to kind of come at that that Jake almost head-on.
3: Mm-hmm. And
1: they'll, like, push breast-to-breast breast with it. And oh, that gives see. you, if they're in full strut, it gives you a time when they're kind of pushing away with the tail fan. And you can use the tail fan to basically hide your movement. When he gets behind his own tail fan, you can pull back your bow. And then when he gets done beating it up, then you, you Let decap him. him. Yeah. Okay. And, uh <laughs> So that that's why I like right. the Jake to face me. The other thing I've found, if you face the Jake away from you, sometimes they feel like, I think they feel like, I'm guessing what a turkey's feeling, but I think they think the Jake's like staring them down, and then they'll they'll tend to stay out a little bit. So if right. he sees that that Jake's ignoring him and he and it's focused on the hen, he wants to circle it and, right. well, and probably, play probably.
0: I'm going to sneak up on this fool
1: right here. Yeah, yeah other, other than... <laughs>
2: Man, that, that little dude is crazy.
0: Yeah.
1: So the decoy setup's huge, and uh, since we started using those, I mean, I honestly thought it was going to be really hard to get decoy or to decoy turkeys in close enough to shoot them with the decap. But it really isn't as bad as you think if you're just patient. Let it let the hunt fold out or unfold. I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, it's. I'm not going to say you're going to do it every time, but it's it's fun. It's right. just a different element to try. If you haven't done it, it's it's a blast. You guys would really like it.
0: I've killed a few turkeys with the bow, and I just I find with turkey hunting, obviously my main interest and focus is whitetails, like most people I'd say. But turkey hunting is awesome. I just lose. Um, I'm impatient. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm not as patient. Like I don't. I guess I don't realize I have to grind out a lot. Like you know, with whitetails, you're like, oh, I got like a long season ahead of me. Like I'm I'm gonna put in the hours. I don't feel that way towards turkeys. Yeah, because I've had it happen easy yeah maybe a few too many times you know what i mean and it
1: it can be sometimes it works out really easy other times it's not not so easy we had the other day when we were out it was just a a zero gobbling i mean it was just nasty weather but i knew that those turkeys were using that ridge a lot Mm -hmm. and i just i thought you know at some point today they're probably going to show up here so we kind of ground it out Uh, but that's the cool thing about turkey hunting if if you want to go home or go fishing or whatever, just break off and go and try it again the next day. But uh, you're having Facebook Live issues, Steve? We're Sun full
0: of high. these issues today.
2: It should still be going. Oh, I
0: don't know it is. Storage is full. Air, right it, is that what's going on? <laughs> is that oh pulling
2: up on the Facebook Live? No. Yeah, I don't know.
0: We're good. We're live. No one in Facebook Live good. land knows what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, okay. And everyone in podcast land is just upset right now. Um, One thing uh,
1: I want to back up to: a lot of people ask when we're at the various hunting shows, the classics, and so on, what, how we're shooting the decaps, what, what arrow setup we're using. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that's a huge. I'm
3: glad you yeah. brought yeah. this up because yeah. everyone asks that too. Yeah,
1: I would say 90 percent of the time, like a 300 spine, something fairly stiff. Super, yeah, yeah, man. and you're going to use a full length for most draw lengths. I mean, if you have a super short draw length, you can cut it back a little bit, but what Steve. you got to watch <laughs> is you got to make sure that your, uh, D clear in your, your, uh, sight window. Oh, yeah. so, and your that's hands made in- more important on each side of the arrow. Yeah. Yeah. That's inch. the thing. And so you got to watch, um, how it's really best to screw it on before, before you fletch your arrows. That way you can fletch your arrows, uh, based around where your decaps set up but Mm. uh, (laughs) for the guys that shoot dovetail sights, that could be an issue depending on where it's at right if i'm shooting a dovetail dovetail i'm gonna pull it all the way back okay i'll just for for that my my bow hunting setup i'm gonna pull that all the way back closer to the bow Mm -hmm. just for that reason to keep it out of the out of the way Uh, (laughs) for turkeys that there's no real advantage to having it way out in front of your bow anyways right
0: it's a like you said, it's really like a fifteen-yard game or yeah. under.
1: Yeah, and that's—I mean—a twenty-five yard is a long decap shot. I mean, that's like you say, fifteen and in <laughs> is is kind of that's Ooh. the fun of it—is to try to get them in close. And right, would you get would, it done?
2: Would you attempt to try and shoot one of the decaps with a uh, with like a recurve, or is there just not enough? coming I, behind that i
1: think you could do it
2: you probably got to shoot a higher poundage wouldn't you think yeah
1: i mean when we first started matt he was shooting 40 pounds and just lopping their head clean off so and he was nine years old so <laughs> I, I think you can do it hmm. and i don't think you have to knock their head off they call them decaps but uh you smack them that hard in the neck i think they're going to be done anyway. <laughs> oh yeah Coral- he might may not take their head clean off but
0: Corey says no sight torque involved at that distance. That's right. <laughs>
1: yeah. We don't got to worry about the sight torque. So, yep. <laughs> but one big thing is the fletchings, uh, always, uh, I would say four would be on the minimum. You'd want four mm-hmm. inch fletchings or feathers. I use feathers. Uh, I know some guys do use fletchings, mm-hmm. uh, generally a good amount of helical on there would be ideal uh we've used four four inch flinch, fletchings or three five inch
0: i was gonna say four fletch would probably help level that baby out yeah a little more. It,
1: they do do a nice job stabilize um, it the most stable ones i've shot were like five uh, is an odd size like a five and a half um five and a half inch real heavy feather almost just shy of a flu flu yeah i was gonna say like yeah, a flu yeah. Flu yeah. <laughs> the only difference is um or the only problem I, that I find with that is if you got a short brace height bow, sometimes you're you're pulling through your rest with that long of a. Bow. Oh right. Mm, so sure. that would be the only downside to that. Um, yeah, you stiff arrow shaft, long fletchings, helical. Mm-hmm. Uh, just get out there and practice on the pillow. The one other thing is crank that bow down. You don't have to shoot seventy pounds. You can do it, but <laughs> you'll chop their head off with fifty pounds. You don't need to, and you'll
3: find that it's. Well, Matt, was at what? What did you just say? Forty, 40. pounds. Forty pounds. He's he is smoking them off. Yeah, he was gone. So
0: <laughs> you're just sending oh. it with the decap at 70,
3: 80 pounds, just oh, cranked.
0: Yeah.
1: Go <laughs> to send it. It's. I did it for a couple of years. I shot just because I just shot my deer hunting setup. But I found it actually was when I started working with Matt's how easier everything was to tune with the it's lower, lower poundage. poundage. I thought, man, this is sure. a piece of cake with with lower poundage. So mm-hmm. I just cranked my bow down. <laughs> right. And it was so much easier you just it it creates a spine issue if you have too much uh draw weight so yeah just a few cranks off your bow make a huge difference you get it down in the 50s or low 60s it's really not that you can't do it i mean if if you want to shoot your 75 pound setup by all means give it a try but i think you'll just have better luck with cranking (laughs) it down a little bit plus the other bright side of that uh, is you can hold so much easier pull so much smoother i mean with turkeys you don't want a lot of movement especially outside of the blind yeah for sure and
0: uh well the spine thing is a good tip because especially with (laughs) a broadhead that extreme you know (laughs) and spine plays a lot i think that's an overlooked thing for people who don't have a ton of experience in archery or guys that have this old bow that's not shooting very fast and they go by this new fast whatever and then they're way underspined. Oh, yeah. And can't hit anything. Yeah. I just, they don't think about it. No. Nope. A lot of people just kind of overlook that part of their setup, and mm-hmm. it's a huge deal. Very, yeah. It's very, arrows are very important. Yeah. What you shoot is, uh, believe it or not. Yeah. Believe it or not, yeah. it's the last thing to, uh, I mean, that's the thing that counts. I mean, your bow, of, of course, but your arrows got yeah. to uh,
1: hit where you want it. Yeah. And we might as well throw out one little hit towards Elite because, and I say this, with meaning at 100 mm-hmm. percent, when you pull back and you get that easy let off i mean you can hold that thing forever so you can yeah. prepare yourself for the shot especially out of the blind when you're trying to pick a tree to pull behind uh the high let off bow is is awesome for that yep. especially low sure. poundage high let off you can hold it forever yep you can pull back when you need to pull back and
0: you don't have to worry ready. about nothing yeah it's, it's my just, tempo I, I was i pulled that 164 last weekend and and Ross were setting like, oh, check your peep, see if that's where you want it. Pull it back, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to let down. And I'm like, okay, I'm trying to let down. Give me a minute. Yeah. Okay. Oh, there it is.
1: (laughs) Okay, there it goes. Finally let it down. Feels like you got to push it. Yeah, Yeah. you
0: do. You you almost do. I'm like, man, you could almost fall asleep. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Just sit there and nap for a minute, which is good, because if I have a -a five-and-a-half-year-old whitetail staring at me at 20 yards, I'm going to want to be able to
1: hold that thing at full draw until he – i've had that really help me in a hunting setup i know the target guys they love a little more pulling back against them yeah um, but for hunting you can't beat that that nice let off because you just never know how long you've got to hold back and mm-hmm. sometimes it's taking its last step and you pull back and then it stops mid-stride right. and here you are pulled back and it's still behind a bush and well,
0: the cool thing about Elite, they make an O ring kit, yeah, for the limb stops, so you yep. can put around the, the limb stops, and they're different sizes, so you can change your valley, yeah, I guess would be the the, mm. the archery term, and how it feels on your back wall. I've I've never, I've always been satisfied with what it is anyway, mm-hmm. so I've never actually played with the O ring kit, but you can get that and customize the feel for your bow, right? Which
1: I don't know if any other bow companies even do that, but that's. You know, that's something else you can play with. And the movable draw stops are, I think they're underrated too. A lot of people don't realize you can really customize your field just with the draw stops too, Mm -hmm. just Mm -hmm. by moving them in. Then you add an O-ring if you want just a little more. And you can almost get any feel you want. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's a really versatile setup. So
0: yeah, I mean, it depends on what size O ring you use. You can, you're still going to get that solid back wall, but you could even get a little bit of a cushion mm-hmm. in there too. With probably with the I, I've never played with it, but I'm assuming that the bigger the O ring, the more of like a. It won't be as, yeah, I don't want to say, yeah, maybe sponge, but more, it won't be as
1: clunk back on the, like, solidness. It depends what you
0: want in your bow. It's all personal preference. Yeah,
1: everybody is different, Mm -hmm. and they are extremely adjustable.
0: I look at, and this might be a completely weird way to look at um, archery setups, I look at bows as like a, almost like a vehicle like what are you tuning out this vehicle to do like what what are you wanting to race what, what, a sleeper bow. yeah you know what i mean though like <laughs> and it is from a uh, just a hunting setup to a tournament setup to an indoor setup when you got lenses 3D to setup, a, I yeah
3: i mean you can there's so many different variables yeah. in there but yeah like, exactly for like it's just like a car you can do Pretty much anything you want to customize it, do whatever, tune yeah. it out,
0: get what performance, what weight arrows you're running, all that, like what octane you're running, like what, right. how much boost you got in that car. Like it's kind of the same, well, it's not the same, but you get what
3: I'm uh, you, in perspective, exactly. Yeah.
2: And yeah. like a vehicle, it is your responsibility to perform and use said item safely, <laughs> exactly. Okay, let's do one thing. I want
0: to end with the turkey calls, but uh, Steve asked this question down here, and uh, how does it feel, Clark, to have a famous son? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure. That's Justin Bieber's dad.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, No, me and Matt have a lot of fun together. Um, He's he's easy because all's i got to do is whatever i want to do and that's the same stuff he wants to do so Um, he's got a little more energy than i have and i never thought anybody would have more energy for the outdoors than i do but yeah literally i can't hardly get my shoes off and he wants to know what we're going to do so well that's a good thing right yeah it is i mean we're we're on the roll and he loves to do the whole process from food plots to to (laughs) targets to
3: anything so he what's your turkey food plot I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. I,
1: <laughs> truthfully, what does work good is if you spring plant a brassica blend like rape. They they love rape. Uh, another one is oats. Really? Yeah. They'll oh, okay. they'll eat them up if you if you take the energy to do it. The best one that I haven't used, but I've got a very good buddy that I trust everything he says, and he said chufa. He's used it, and it's the ticket. I don't, so that, that I don't even know Say that again. Uh, chufa. Some people chufa? say chufa, but it's C-H-U-F-A, and it's basically hmm. it's it's a tuber. It grows under the ground, uh, kind of like a peanut. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> like, uh, like a what? A peanut. A peanut? <laughs> what is a peanut? Leave <laughs> <laughs> them alone, Steve. All right, now, go ahead, go ahead. Right. So <laughs> do I need to elaborate on this? No, no, no. So basically... Peanut. Yeah. It's uh, there it's like go. a sedge. It looks like a grass growing up, but it comes up and it's got the little, it basically looks like little nuggets on the root system. Really? And really? I've never yeah. even. Yeah. If you look it up, you can get it through uh, NWTF. I've planted it. What I didn't do is loosen up the soil. I didn't know when I planted it at the time. This has been 15 years ago, but you loosen up the ground just enough that they find it. And I guess it's just lights out from there. Really? Yeah, they Ooh. said it is awesome. They just love to dig for that stuff. And it's wow. What's it called? Chufa? Yeah, chufa. I chufa. Thought I, was, I thought yep. I was
3: asking a kind of a funny question there, but I guess Well,
1: real. I knew real turkeys. Thing.
0: You could plant for turkeys. I didn't know what you could plant. Is yeah. that is that something that people do like a lot
1: around here? Or is that kind of a rare thing? No, people around here don't do it as much. In the South, they do it quite a bit more, and that's my buddies from South Carolina, and. Uh, mm-hmm. He says it's awesome, but I know it grows here because I planted it, and it grew, and I pulled some up just to see what it looked like. Uh, I didn't know that you needed to go in there and, and lightly disc it to mm-hmm. kind of expose some of it and let them find it. So once After you plant, you plant it, it, let it
3: grow, then you disc it a little bit? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. The other thing
1: is, is you, the way I understand is you'll want to plant it like last fall, and then, I mean, well, last summer, and then you're going to come in and disc it for for your spring birds. Oh, I um, gotcha. Where oh. I think that's where you kind of lose some of the Midwest guys and the Northern guys. Sure. Uh, in the South, they can like just go in and disc it because they got such a much longer growing season. Right. They can grow it in the spring, still use it in the spring. So wow. Right. But they said it will winter. I haven't personally experienced that, but interesting. It'd be worth trying. Yeah. I d- What's that's- that called? Chufa. chufa, chufa, yep, C H U F A. Chewbacca, <laughs> <for> some reason. <laughs> well, it might be like Chewbacca. That's <laughs> it. I had no idea. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Look it up sometime. It's oh, don't
2: worry. worry I, got,
1: I got it wrote down. Don't worry. We're we're, we're looking this up.
0: We yeah. need to go back and listen to this episode and get, yeah, get all the tips right. back. Um, let's get into. how where, we, where do we want to go? I, would, I do want to talk about calls since we have them here. Do you want to demonstrate maybe like if pick three different calls out and then we'll kind of elaborate on them a bit and what where that would apply into a turkey
1: hunting situation? Yeah, we could we could do that. I I could even go into kind of a lot of people say how do you how do you call? Well, uh I guess that's a kind of a I try to stay as versatile as I can. It's it's a hard question to answer. It's uh you don't want to get one I guess one my or one uh can't even think of what i'm trying to say but a one frame state of mind where yeah. where you only do one thing like i've heard certain guys say all you got to do is call soft and then i've heard other guys say i'm aggressive and mm-hmm. and there's no reason it's kind of like fish and bass tournaments i mean you get the guys that they're they're crank baiters or they're jig fishermen and why not just be good with everything that way you can throw the kitchen sink at them if you need to and right um, so that's that's what I do. I try to, I try to be good with all my calls. Uh, I, I most of the time use my diaphragm call uh, just because it's hands free (laughs) and I can do a lot on it uh, where some of the, the other ones, I mean, you can still get almost, if you're good enough with a box call, you can get any sound out of it too. Or you're same with the pot calls. Uh, Like today we've got aluminum glass uh, slate, Mm-hmm. All, they all just give you a little bit different pitch. Pass uh, me one of those, Steve. Oh, this is the
2: <laughs> Matt Daddy right here. That's the, the aluminium. at that.
3: Yeah. Aluminium. We can
0: do yeah. something fun. Aluminium,
2: yeah. Whoa. All right. Here, yeah.
0: we can do something fun. For people in probably can't see me on Facebook Live here, you can keep talking while I, I sit here and butcher right. these that yeah. babies. So, is this. What is, which one do I have?
1: The aluminum. Yeah, that's Aluminium. aluminum. That's, uh, I believe that's the Intimidator. So do you now, have this sanded I will anyway? say you're doing a, a no-no, which oh, is am? okay, but you don't want to touch the surface. Okay. Because it just kind of, the oil from your fingers will we'll smooth it out yeah, too Yeah, which much? I'm not saying you ruin my collar. <laughs> He's, He's like, like listen, Steve, <laughs> on the other hand. Listen, you son of a... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's one thing, like, you, you just want to kind of keep the surface clean. Okay. Uh, is this one but, that you would rough up in a certain area? The aluminum ones, at least with the lynch mob, those are... They're etched enough that you don't have to do much to them. So now that I um, wouldn't
0: mess the whole call or is there something that you uh, say some jackass like I just did? Would you go and rub something over it to kind of with the
1: aluminum? I'd probably just clean it off with Windex or something. Oh, really? Uh, now the other ones, we scratch them up with sandpaper, right? In certain spots,
0: right? You do you do a different a, a different amount of sanding for different pitches and
1: sounds, or no? You, most of the pitch you get off of what part of the call you're striking. You'll get okay. a deeper pitch in the middle than you do on the outside. Okay. Um, and basically what you're wanting to do is start on the outside. A turkey's tone basically has two notes. It's a high-low. So you're going to start on the outside of the call to get the high pitch, bring it into the middle to get the low pitch. So you're you're just basically drawing little ovals. Hey, let me. Let me see that for just a second. See, Matt's on it. I'll do it on the slate here, but okay. basically, you're just kind of, so so. that's the slow version, and it's like a, so you'd never pick it up. Just keep your striker down the whole time. It's tipped slightly away. Away?
3: And... No kind of like welding. Yeah, no, like you had it. Use it.
1: Yeah, just hold it like a pencil, but there you go. And then you just speed it up, and you... So it's, it's, yeah, there you go to cluck. You just, uh, basically push hard. Okay. And pop it back to you. Is that too fast? That's too fast. That's, that's more of a, a yelp, but you can do yelps and straight lines too. Some guys do, but you don't get that. Here's the difference in the oval. Here's the oval you get that yon, yon. oh right but the straight line is it doesn't mm. it's more of a but you're just wanting to pop it it's gonna like catch and then it'll just pop all at once put
0: some pressure on it it's a lot harder than what you think it I is yeah, it just I takes never, a little I'm practice here you go try that you can take
1: the here it's cause I touched it that's why it doesn't sound yeah. so good <laughs> it might be slide yeah. and maybe you greased it up but
0: thanks brian johnson i love that you guys are taking the podcast live awesome keep the good work terry i planted um chufa yeah uh one year in sandy soil they worked great drew turkeys in from other properties um you need to plant a lot or they will kill it
1: that's good advice yeah that's i want to try planting some i just I've never to me it. it's like taking some of my available plots for deer out so i have not because really another thing that i didn't say a clover field is a good draw for turkeys too. So mm-hmm. you can get you can get turkeys in any really nice green field, but oats, wheat, anything like that. But, right? But Chufa, I've heard, like he said, that they they just they seek it out and like devastate it. So if you had enough of it, it could be fun.
0: Yeah, that would be. If you had like a, I don't I wonder if you could do that in a real small area, like an acre, like an acre. Yeah, you know, or or less.
1: Yeah, that's. I'd have to ask about because, like I say, I haven't got a lot of experience with it. I did plant it and it grew, but I didn't.
0: A little I mini didn't turkey plot just yeah. for turkeys.
1: I mean, I wonder if deer would even eat it. They do. They said the if you read it in the uh, if you just look up chufa and read about it, it says deer will eat it too. They'll dig for it.
0: Man, uh, I so, it's interesting. I, I love like hearing about something I had no idea yeah, about. You it's know, what I mean? like,
1: it's, it's interesting. Let's let's
0: hear Steve butcher this. Yeah, call. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm trying to. Man. He's got the aluminum here. Al- you,
2: aluminium. Let's try it. Aluminium. So it just make ovals.
1: Yeah, basically. All right. So, so basically. <laughs> what in the world is going <laughs> to... Everyone's gonna...
3: laughing at him. This goes back
1: to that coordination thing you said at the beginning of the Facebook Live. Uh, but no, it's... Uh, Steve's not built
0: for movement. Not good.
1: yeah. If you... I'll show you here. Well, All right. Let's, let me see that for a quick second, man. Learn Matt. me. Okay, so so you just kind of hovering you know, your, your, your hand. hand. Uh huh. If you use your hand to kind of... Almost, that's your steady point. Yeah. So then you're reaching up here, and you you might have to get to the side if your hand's shorter. (laughs) um, (laughs) I'm looking at his hands, so, but no. (laughs) So anyway, you're, uh, then you're just tipping it slightly away from you, almost standing it straight up, but slightly away. And then you just, that's the slow version. You kind of see my line there? Yeah. It looks like an oval. You just never bring it up, just. Constantly leave it down. It's only gonna make the sound on the on the downstroke, so So. Yeah. <laughs> People
0: on podcasts are, are like <laughs> like, Yeah,
1: this is this is crazy. This is Turkey one oh one but this is cool. So you, without, you got diaphragm calls here yeah, on the table. I've got diaphragms. I like the versatility of a how many? I'll throw one in. It, can you explain the different types of cuts and the diaphragms that you have? Yeah, I've got like a bat wing is a. It's a pretty easy one to blow. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a lot of it's personal preference. It's how your palate, like what might be my favorite call might not be yours, mm-hmm. um, just because of how the cuts are mm-hmm. and how you can control the cut. You might blow it slightly different. I like a bat wing, and it's a really versatile call. You can get all your pitches with it, which that's how I judge a a call if i if it's my hunting call you go to a competition everybody brings a a briefcase full of calls and they've got their purr call and they've (laughs) got their cluck call and they've got their tree call but i want one that i can do all of it on yeah and i may be able to have a a call that i like to purr on better but if i can do everything then it's it's right there and i can Mm -hmm. for turkeys you don't have to be a competition caller you can just i'm not a, a major competition call or anything i just i like to call turkeys but uh, do you know
0: doug from spoon river
1: do yeah he's a good friend of mine he's one of my yeah. good
0: buddies as well that's, Oh, i didn't know that yeah yeah he's I was a gonna, great guy yeah that's funny i was wondering i'm like you guys are right in the same area yeah like, he's the one guy i know that's absolutely absolutely obsessed with like turkey calling competition oh yeah. and like that guy is a turkey nut he is he's he's awesome
1: he actually hunted with this sunday oh did he really yeah he went with me and matt sunday so what a small yeah, world is it is funny. yeah that's crazy i gotta call him i'm due for <laughs> yeah. a phone call with that guy for sure he's he, what a great guy he 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 we play around He he cuts calls too so he cuts uh-huh. a lot of calls and yeah, I got a few of his calls, and that's what I've learned to, yeah. to to do the diaphragm call
0: on. And it takes a while to learn. It I does. Mean, some people pick it up right away. For me, I had to practice for a while with it. But uh, that's funny. I didn't know. I figured you might know him being yeah. in that area, but
1: I, I just didn't put two and two together. I didn't even think it. of it, because that's right. where. I mean, he's a 35 minutes south of me, but we ended up, because our passions are the same, we kind of yeah. got lined up. So it was mm-hmm. kind of one of them small world deals.
0: Before. I've watched him in one of his competitions before, and uh, at at the Illinois Classic, they do. I think isn't that the state championship? Yeah. Yep. So I watched him there, and uh, that's cool. It's something I always wanted to get into, like tournament calling. It's, oh yeah. But I just, it's my interest for that is it. Uh, there's an umbrella for that for me. You know what I yeah. mean? It's, it's 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 cool. I get it and I respect it. But so let's let's hear some the difference between the diaphragm and the other calls we
1: have here. All right. So. I'll just throw. This is just a combo cut. I'm going to throw in. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just got a like a half moon out of one side and a a slight cut in the other. Um, this is a three read. So, starting off in the morning, I'm going to work with uh, small talk. Like, just I don't want to do anything too loud. I'm just trying to get him to respond. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where you want a nice call that will go soft. You get one of the cutter calls that are too heavy four reeds and stuff i think that's overkill mm-hmm. they're great if it's windy and you need to get really loud but i like the the soft call so i'll start off with some tree yelps and some clucks and just right and just kind of i can't really tell if i need to take a headphone <laughs> off here but that's <laughs> not good I'm,
0: I'm trying to watch make sure we're not peeking out the volume or
1: I just give little pips and clucks kind of like when they're waking soft. up real soft yelps um mm-hmm. i can't tell if i'm hitting the softness of it because i'm riding the microphone but yeah. but then i'll kind of if if i'm not getting him to gobble if he gobbles at that and i know he gobbled at me i don't give him too much after that i kind of right. slow it back, back a little bit yeah I'll, I'll come back and just i'll let him gobble i love it when they sit there like you you got him to gobble once, and then he sits there for a minute, and he gobbles not at any crows or owls or anything. He's just gobbling because he knows you're there, and he's excited. Or yeah, that's that's the ones I like the best. And then I won't give him too much more till fly down. I, maybe a few little clucks here and there, but I don't want to just blow it out. But let's so you say can
0: overcall and basically turn them off at that point.
1: Yeah, and um, a lot of times you'll get them to stay in the tree way too long. You sit there and call at them that aggressively. They're waiting for the hen by nature. They gobble so that the hens come to them. Right. Oh. Well, so, okay. Interesting. Yeah, they'll sit up in the tree and gobble. Like, okay, keep where you at? Come on. But if you can just pique his interest to the point that he's like, well, I'm going to go check that out. So then he he comes down. So Gotcha. Um, okay. Lightly flirting. Putting yeah, the vibe little, out. Yeah, a little flirting. You just want you know, hey, I'm over here, but I'm not. He swiped right. Yeah. yeah so if, <laughs> <laughs> if he either doesn't gobble or if he gobbles a lot, then I'll – or I mean, if he doesn't gobble at all or he only gobbles – a time or two I might I want to get him to gobble I want him to know he's gobbling at me mm-hmm. so I'll be, I'll build it up a little bit more and and I'll just bring it up a little bit more and if still nothing I might do a little fly down cackle and I might beat my hat on my leg or whatever but Usually that'll get him to go, <laughs> right, and and that'll be about all I give him until I hear him fly down. Then, then again, when you it say depends. beat your hat on your leg, yeah. that's to imitate the his yeah, wings, imitate the wings coming down. So mm. cool. Can um, I can I try that call? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, that's where I draw the line on the no yeah, stick right. guy, <laughs> yeah, especially uh, Steve. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. So, but no, it's uh, I'll kind of build up. Generally, it's mostly small talk, even if if he's on the ground everybody wants to give a big long series of yelps or or cuts i just i keep it soft right. if i can do it with scratching the leaves and purring then that's all i'll do can you do um, a purr with the diaphragm yeah yeah just got madder doing it Might go with his tongue. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just a feeding it's a call of contentment just basically i'm over here i'm just kind of doing right. my thing i'm not the really instagram
2: interested. post yep yeah i love my food that's right <laughs> <laughs> my it things. actually you know it sounds yeah.
0: dumb to people when you break it down like when you're relating it to like oh yeah, i'm just flirting putting out the vibe but really that's a good way to look at it because it gets you it puts it in a real perspective because if you don't think about it that way you think well i'm just gonna call 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 yeah. and Ooh. if it doesn't come you get mad about it But well, really if think about it as like you're essentially you're you're flirting to get him to come to you yeah. and you it's same rules apply as kind of yeah
1: this yeah. you got to play hard to get that's the, right that's yeah, the, the library, one like, that really like, peaks like. their interest. now <laughs> now sometimes hard to get doesn't work they think okay well there's a sure thing over here so mm-hmm. they start to leave you that's when you'll start to build up your call and if they're if you know they're leaving either their gobble sounds like it's getting further away or you're watching them And they're going further away or if they're going to a hen, like for instance last year one of matt's hunts we had three toms that come up and committed the hens hadn't flew out of the trees yet so we we sat there and called at them and we had their interest but they just like they wanted to stay over on this hill because the hens were still there Mm -hmm, well then the hens started pitching out and i watched them i watched them start to go towards the hens so that's when you kind of break out the cuts i'll give you a little example here it's Mm -hmm. like Well, you don't want to know what I bro- promised him there, but it's uh, <laughs> basically you you'd give him more, and, and she ideally, right too. Yeah, if you can get the uh, if you can get the hens to answer you better yet, getting a little bickering match. If a hen cuts back at you, imitate what she did. Give her a little bit more. If she pop, pops five times, pop eight times at her, and just. Just give her more than what she gave you, and you'll get in a fighting match with her. And a lot of times, just like last weekend, our turkeys that come in, mm-hmm. we didn't call the gobbler. He wasn't. He never gobbled one time until he got all the way to the food plot. But, but what we called was the hen. I seen he was out there with the hen. Mm-hmm. So I started calling to the hen. I got her calling back at me, and then I'd call and get aggressive with her. She'd start getting more aggressive with me, and pretty soon she starts walking, and the tom follows. Oh, so. you are not talking to my man. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, it's essentially. We'll see about this. And then she comes in, and, and then he gets close, and then he started getting excited, too. The more we is calling back and forth with right. each other, then he started gobbling, and then another Tom coming behind him. Well, who so. wouldn't get excited? Yeah, exactly. Man. Yeah, yeah right. so
2: Two chicks but. talking to you at once? That's living
1: the dream. <laughs> that's right. I, so, I've got to break my it down, stuff, too. You have yeah. to
0: break it down that way, essentially. If you don't understand the dynamic of mm-hmm. like what calls to use, you almost need to like think of it that way. Yeah, yeah. And that might sound... Is that dumb to really put it in that perspective? No. I feel
1: like that's a good way to look at it. No, it's it's awesome. I, I think that you really got to look at it, almost put put it in a human perspective because it's it's really a lot the same. Mm-hmm. Um, you just got to every situation's a little different, but think, okay, how's he reacting? And I mean, he's got his own personality. You can read that personality a lot of times and, and you just got to play off of that right, and see right. what's getting him all pumped up and what's not. I mean, if it... If you notice he's got a negative reaction, just don't do that again. Ooh. Yeah, right, uh, right, So, but if he's getting excited, the only thing some people do too much, they he fires a gobble, cuts you off. You're right in the middle of a set of calls, and he cuts you off. So that was so awesome, I'm going to do it again right now. And and they just keep doing it over and over, and then he loses interest because you just kept calling and calling and calling. But, I made that mistake before. Yeah, that's that's the <laughs> one mistake. When I'm with people, I've noticed a lot of people over-call, um, but –
2: It's like over texting a girl; she's not interested anymore.
1: (laughs) Yeah,
0: it's the same thing, man. Same Same thing. thing. Yeah, Yeah, you can scare them
2: away. It's just yeah.
0: Steve Steve knows what that's all about. Yeah, Yeah. I do all all too too well. well.
1: But (laughs) no, and then the last thing I guess I always carry the kitchen sink with me, and that's uh, the arsenal. The arsenal. All that's all. If I'm not having any luck with going back and forth with the hen or getting him excited i might go then to imitating two hens fighting each other Mm -hmm. Um, so i'll i'll have my box call or my slate call and i'll be calling making sound like two hens Uh, so show us so i'll do let me just do it right here with this uh just because i haven't tried that other one quite a bit yet but so to do dueling hens i'm just gonna i might do a set of yelps and Just give a couple little quick pops. Cuts is basically what that is. Mm-hmm. Try to build the excitement. So I'm on a fingerprint there. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Don't know who did that.
3: <laughs> Sorry, Clark.
1: So that's kind of what I do. I just bounce back and forth. You can do it with the with the box. So it's you just, it's crazy. You can get yeah. those two different tones in there. Yeah, yeah.
0: You can uh, definitely hear it. It's it, oh sure. yeah. For sure. Uh, hopefully, you can hear it on the on the podcast yeah, audio. That it sounds. I can for sure tell it might be
1: blowing out too much here, but, um, (laughs) so basically um, that's, I'll do that. The only last final resort resort would be uh, to go to a gobble call or maybe like if, if the hen just absolutely isn't working, then challenge him with a gobble call or some fighting purrs. And that's Mm -hmm. kind of, that's the last resort for me. Um, I don't, the reason it's the last resort is, you start doing the fighting sounds, and a subordinate Tom will shy away. So mm-hmm. you don't want to do that right off the bat because if he's subordinate and you don't realize that he's going the other direction because he don't want to fight, right. sure. Which he's, is the
0: same with most animals. Yeah, They're doing a fighting type of call like rattling, you can spook a lot of deer. Oh yeah, rattling. You know, it's that it, it. It's interesting. Yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah, it's 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 all situational, but it's it's just the fun. That's what I enjoy about it is to try to. Try to find what's working for that day. Because, mm-hmm. um, yeah, you get for that sure. Tom
2: that, uh, I don't want to fight, I'll find the hen that likes me for my personality and not my brawn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we're running,
0: we're running short on time. Um, this might be a loaded question uh, or a lot of... I don't oh, know if boy. we can cover this. We'll try and do it quickly. If you could change any laws that <laughs> on turkey hunting, what would it be?
1: I would say the the one o'clock in illinois Mm -hmm. hunt time would be the first thing i'd change i'd like to hunt there's some good hunting in the evenings i've been to other places and it can be really good Uh, there's some benefits to it Uh, the mushroomers it gives them time to go without worried about being shot at i'm guessing that's one big reason maybe on the state land to to limit the time yeah that's Uh, a good point I've, i've always wondered why they do it that's i don't think i've heard people say well the turkeys need a rest i don't really think that's why they do it but yeah um but it's kind of nice as a hunter too where deer hunting you're just constantly grinding it <laughs> oh, day yeah. and night right it's well, you to have a break yeah it forces your break to where you go fishing or something do something just to break it up you're you're ready to go again the next or morning actually,
0: <laughs> nice.
2: spend, actually spend time with your family you know? yeah uh, he gets to yeah, spend they,
0: time with his family turkey hunting too. Yeah. No, that is a good they point. Go with me. It's a win win. Yeah. Um, I would say one thing to change is for spring turkey and, of course, by county. Over, do over the counter, resident only, archery only. Yes. Yeah.
1: I think that'd be great. You know. I think with archery, it, the other thing I would change is I would like to see it go all season yeah. with an archery tag, at least for one tag, because. If you're taking that challenge, it'd be nice to be able to go a little more than five days. Well, a lot of the seasons early are weekdays. Yeah, yeah. You don't get the most you get is two weekends per or two weekend days per season. Mm -hmm. And first season, you don't get any at all in Illinois. So, and that's that's, tough for the working class. But I get it. I guess those are the laws I would probably change.
0: Right, and uh, for sure. But
1: how about Facebook? Anybody? chimed in on that um, we're all
0: clean john saunders great tips and tactics clark um what do we have uh seeing you are left-handed can you help a one-arm guy
1: clark steve jennings <laughs> <laughs> well i can help i can help steve jennings he's he's a buddy of mine too he's he's actually a, a vet and he's, shout out to you man yeah
3: thanks for your service
1: thank you man so he just had surgery uh he had some injuries from from overseas but he's uh <sighs> He just had surgery. He's up and going again. I think he's shooting a bow again now, though. So. Really? I think so. I think he's back up and rolling. So, so right, I, well. I don't know. He probably doesn't need my help that much, <laughs> but I'd be happy to. If he yeah. Does, so.
0: Ron Shaper said, uh, "Bowfish in the afternoon." There we go. Yeah, that's a good idea. Um, Lynn, we'll on this. Uh, what's one thing you want to ask us? That's we never we've never asked that question. I don't think.
1: That's one thing I want to ask you. Hmm. Nothing. All right. That's yeah, it. I think I got the battery, battery on my this phone is, is dying. This is huge to me. I've been wondering this for a long time. Which is your prover- pro favorite pro wrestler?
3: <laughs> I hear it every oh, time. Yeah, so I'll, I'll go first.
1: I don't have one. I don't. I, it's Steve. <laughs> Steve, what is it?
3: This could be a really hard decision for him.
2: Depends on uh, depends on the situation. In ring is Shawn Michaels. Uh, just all time. It's a tie <laughs> between Steve Austin and Ric Flair. But uh, I think right now, I think it's. Shinsuke. You said three people so far. I, th- so. I think it's Shinsuke Nakamura right now.
3: What? I haven't even seen yeah. it. I don't even know. Who I'm more of a Jimmy a
2: Superfly snooker guy. Oh, R.I.P. Superfly. Yeah, Superfly brought <laughs> I'm old
3: school. <laughs> I don't know uh, any
0: of this. Roddy Roddy Piper stuff. Oh, like uh, <laughs> R.I.P. Roddy Piper. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I like all the ones that passed away. Apparently, yeah. Right. Andre <laughs> no, the okay. Giant, Macho yeah. Man. Yeah. yeah, they're all all good. Macho Man
0: probably was one of my. favorites. Uh, I would just say if I had to pick one, I'd say Stone Cold because the way he drinks beer is is hilarious, and he's yeah. a Andy bow hunter too. Andy he hunting. is yeah. a bow hunter. Absolutely.
1: So that's that's good. But no, uh, my next more serious question would be, I don't know, uh, if you guys were going to go hunting for one thing for the rest of your life, what would it be? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> is it, Can that be like dream hunt? Yeah. But, like, that's the only thing we get to hunt? Yeah, like, this is pick your species. You're living in one area, and you just got to... Oh, I'm you white. Gotta hunt I'm white tail for white tail
3: all the way. White tail. I don't
1: know because I haven't hunted everything.
0: I, I'm just gonna go because I haven't experienced it, and it just looks awesome to hunt every year. Moose. Dude, I'm yeah, thinking moose be too awesome.
2: because Yukon moose or red stag or elk. Ooh, red stag's
3: But moose, ahead. moose would be number one. Is this a three option? Yeah, you yeah. get to choose three. Or what? Yeah, apparently <laughs> I like I, them I all those, so. white tail. I'm thinking
1: personally <laughs> elk. After being on an elk hunt, I love turkey hunting. I just love the run and gun style, and I love whitetails, and that's right. like a combination of both on steroids. But stag could be in there somewhere. Stag would be fun. I've never been stag hunting, but I, I'm a. But that that it says it you can never
3: whitetail hunt again, right? Yeah. yeah, that's one species. That's for like the you got to pick your where you're
1: going to hunt right you got your vacations you're going to hunt one thing that's uh,
0: i don't know i've never done moose i would is. just i mean yeah if i could only hunt whitetails for the rest of my life i'd be cool with it yeah I would so too. i just I, I couldn't pick but my dream hunt is moose so i'm assuming that uh, but i might go moose hunting one day and absolutely hate it yeah yeah you never <laughs> yeah. know <laughs> you yeah. know
1: but but yeah matt's his doesn't even count man was snow geese just any geese. Oh, any geese. Both geese. Yeah, <laughs> both, geese. both, both geese. geese. All he's the got geese. the goose bug. And yeah, he does. It just breaks my
0: heart. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, Clark. Yeah. What have we missed this episode? Anything you want to add? Any shout outs you want to get out?
1: I, I don't think so. I think,
0: I think we're doing good. Uh, it's fun. You spread a lot of knowledge. We had kind of a rough start with. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> our uh, technology here in the studio Between Facebook yeah. Live and the computer Not
2: wanting to cooperate And we better wrap this up soon so I don't lose battery Are you going low there? <laughs> I'm okay. not sure Thanks for everyone in Facebook Live land Thanks for everyone in Podcast land What's up Eric?
3: Uh, our discount code
2: Lynch Mob Calls yep. Working Class 15 Get 15% off calls Solid Broadheads The decap Shipping for free Right yep. now
1: And that's right. without a code even The that's, shipping for free Yeah Just call and order them so check it out. Tis the yeah.
0: season. Get you some turkey stuff. Also check out a, an elite bow. Go to a dealer near you. The tempo. Just saying, boys and girls, that the it's brown, but I'm calling it bronze. It's uh, <laughs> it's awfully pretty, and it shoots like a dream. I want to check that out too. Okay, you know what to do. Go till go till go kill a turkey. Go then and go shoot your bow. Thanks. We love you. <laughs>